You're listening to the City World Radio Network. High definition digital radio broadcasting from the city to the world. www.cityworldradio.com Good evening and welcome to Morse Mom Moments. What a spectacular, amazing night tonight. You guys are all in for I can't thank you enough for coming back to those who've listened to us before. And for those of you new tonight, you're in for quite a treat. A very, very quick, brief description of what you've gotten yourself into. My name is Kathleen Smith. I'm the founder of Morph Mom. We're a multimedia company. We have a website where we interview women around the country to share their stories. We write for the Huffington Post. We have this radio show. We have a podcast up on iTunes. And you're definitely going to want to hear tonight again on, on iTunes tomorrow. And we host classes. And we have conferences, and the next one is coming up, October 22nd in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and we'd love for you to join us. Um, but basically, our mission is to empower and connect and inspire women, and we do this through stories. And we do it through interviewing women who tell their amazing stories and their journeys and how they did it and what they did and what didn't work and how others can do something similar to that or become involved. And tonight, trust me, anyone out there looking to do something We've got the answer. I'm here with my co-host, Seema McGrath, tonight, and we're, we're thrilled to Hello. both be here to be interviewing Sharon Shepton and wait till you hear about what she has done. And I'm just going to give you one hint. The premise or, or the, the theme of what she does is warming hearts one bowl at a time. Now, Sharon, I don't even know what better introduction to give you than that, and welcome to our show. Thanks, Kathleen. That was perfect, by the way, because... What I like to say is that every good soup has a story, and uh, you guys are storytellers, or you like to share women's stories, so I'm pretty thrilled to be here. I'm a Canadian girl who started this amazing organization called Soup Sisters in Calgary, Alberta, Western Canada, in 2009, and I actually held a soup-making birthday party. Um, I was celebrating a milestone birthday that I always like to say, <laughs> ended in a zero. <laughs> so, so guess what? Okay. That zero is coming back up again, right? But I'm still not going to tell you what the first number is. But anyway, I had I invited about 30 girlfriends in Calgary to a soup-making birthday party. And that night, we made about 300 liters of fresh, beautiful, nourishing, and nurturing soup that we delivered the very next day to the Calgary Women's Emergency Shelter. And from that moment on, I knew that we had a very, very simple mandate, and that was to deliver soup and provide a hug and a bowl to women and children fleeing family violence and domestic abuse. Let, let me ask you, prior to doing that, what had, had you been a chef? Had you been, or, or how did you get the inspiration to make soup? I call it my giant nurture void. <laughs> so both my kids, well, one had left already for university, and then the second one was leaving. Um, I think, you know, around that time the dog died. You know, like all these things that, that we go through, and sometimes you just stop yourself, and you. And I was like, like well, well, who am I right now? Like, what, what you know, there's this big, this, there's going to be this huge void in my life. And I actually spent a couple of years thinking about it. I really did. And for a walk, like, just by myself, which I love to do, I come, you know, Calgary's this beautiful, well, just it's like New Jersey. It's beautiful, it's green, it's quiet, it's a great place. Went for a walk, and I thought, I know 
what I am. I'm a food maker. That's what I have been my entire life. And it was a, it was a realization in that moment that I had for in my all of my adult life I had delivered soup to family and friends at their time of need. And then all of a sudden this like the thing in my head, soup sisters. And why couldn't this be bigger? Why couldn't community people everywhere be making soup? for families in crisis at a time of need where that message, not just the soup, the, the gorgeous soup that we're making tonight and, and that we've made almost 2 million servings of soup now right across the country, uh, but the message that goes with the soup that says we care. It's, it, uh, you know, women in shelters uh, believe that nobody cares about them. They're, they're at a time of crisis in their lives where that's truly how they feel about themselves. And then Complete strangers come together at our soup making events. In well, tonight is our 26th city. Wow. Um, wow. I'm so excited to be here. I, honestly, I can't tell you. I, I was at a wedding in Cape May last week, and I thought if I just stay one night longer, let my husband go back, I can be here for our next launch. And city number 26, and I haven't missed a single launch. So I'm pretty thrilled to be here. Where else in the U.S. are you? We're in Livingston, New Jersey, and we're in, in L.A. as well. So just getting started in the U.S. We're in 25 cities across Canada. So when I say nationwide, I, I have to stop and think about where I am because that's really just true in Canada. So it's a, such a simple concept. We partner with cooking schools all over the country in Canada and people come to these soup-making events. They enjoy the camaraderie of the kitchen. Uh, you know, they come for corporate events, team building, birthday parties, anything. They're, we don't need a reason to get together and chop. Sharon, how are you different from soup kitchens? Uh, I think what we are, see, we're in an event. So when you come to a Soup Sisters event, the very first thing that happens is you listen to a speaker from the shelter. So education and awareness is really, really important to our mandate. And you understand why you're here and why you're doing this. And then at some point during the night, you ladle hundreds of containers of fresh soup. We handwrite all the ingredient labels, put messages, um, little notes to the women as well. Um, so it's not like a lineup, a, a soup kitchen right. where people are lining up. It's it, 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 I'm going to just say it's a bit elevated in, in the experience. I, I think the outcome of feeding people and nourishing them is always monumental. Of course. Of course. It, it's more the experience for the soup maker, for that community person uh, who was almost, well, who's always very humbled to see what they've created. And I would think the significance of the soup itself for the maker and the recipient, it's that symbolic gesture of the warmth and what does soup represent when you're sick it makes you feel better it's something about home and I would think both everyone who communally is involved in this can't help but become sentimental and somewhat nostalgic with it also and I would think that plays a huge role in it as well especially with mothers there when their children they're homeless or they're in these shelters and they're able to sit with their children eating the soup so we think it just provides so many different avenues of not just nostalgia but hope i would think too i don't know if you've experienced that as well and on the other hand it, it provides camaraderie for the women making the soup you got it and i've got it all figured out right now <laughs> no, you did. 
<laughs> so now you get this idea. You're on your walk, and Soup Sisters comes to mind, and right. you're going to do this. Now, what next? So for all those women out there thinking, you know, how did you take this idea, this interest, this passion, and this idea, and how did you turn it into the next step? You know, we're so instinctive, truly, as women. And, and I, I have to say that, I mean, I have business background, not a huge amount. Uh, you know, I, my degree is in journalism. But I just feel like I knew every step of the way what the next thing was that I had to do. And, and I kept it really quiet for the first year. And then on exactly March 3rd, again, my my next birthday, I launched it in Toronto, which in Canada is, is like one of our biggest cities. And the Toronto media just took it and uh, it aired on a cross-country show. I got 300 emails in one day because oh this resonates with yeah. people. But I was ready. I had written a guidebook, a volunteer guidebook on how to do it. It, it, it. I had spent the year making it very formulaic and also trying to understand what popped into my head. Yeah. And uh, it's very, it's a simple idea. It's a simple idea at every level. Which is why it works. Yes. You've made it simple yes. so that it can work. Now, so you came up with the idea, and is it a franchise now? Or how would you explain, like, how, let's say there's someone in Denver, Colorado right now who wants to start one. What's the process? Well, I have to tell you, it's so um, crazy. I have never gone out and actively looked for people. They hear about it. I don't know what's going to happen after Wait, today. <laughs> Do you have any assistance? At all? Or, yeah. Or is it just you? No, or is it just there's you? two and a half of us. <laughs> Wait, I'm very curious about the half. I'm a part-timer. Um, but, no, I have. we have volunteers in every city across the country. We have volunteer teams. And what I love is that it becomes their own. Just like the girls here, there's four girls here in New Jersey. They started it. it, it it's their passion, and, and they own it. They own it. Yeah. And that's why there can be only two and a half of us <laughs> in the headquarter, you know, because everybody really owns it, and we've made it very formulaic, very easy to follow. And, but when you say you own it, so what does that entail? And are you given a certain amount of times you should run this, or can you sort of, if I'm taking over in a city, and could I say I want to do this once a month, I want to do this twice a month like are there sort of regulations you want people to follow or how does that work so typically we want to do this once a month because we make enough soup in one night to support an emergency shelter for the better part of a month and what we want them to understand you'll see tonight i know you're like wow it's so true it's like crazy but what you'll see uh tonight is an, an amount of soup that's going to go to the shelter tomorrow. We want them to understand that this isn't a one-timer. We are here to be sustainable in providing nourishment, nurturement, and hugs in a bowl every single month. We're not one-timers. So so we do want it to be once a month. Some cities, like in Calgary, we run six every single month, mm-hmm. You know, and we're booked like a year out. People love doing this. Who provides the ingredients? The culinary partner who you hear from next is lovely lady who just walked in. So they provide all of the ingredients. They provide the venue, you know, the pots, the chop. That's why we partner with cooking schools. And in very small cities, we partner with restaurants. What I understood early on is that it needed to be a, a commercial certified kitchen in order to, for the shelters to take the soup. You can't make it at home. Oh. Yeah, 
Yeah. You can open up the kitchen in your house or soup. Soup sisters in your house. No, no, because you can't give that soup to a shelter. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things I understood early on. And what I love about partnering with cooking schools everywhere is they become invested as well. Mm-hmm. They become part of um, that commitment to their own local shelter. Right. Community service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, how does it work so if it, it is not just homeless shelter, but there's domestic violence involved and maybe it's a spot which is a secret spot, you know, that they don't want known to the outer world. How does that work? How do you... So those are um, oftentimes uh, the shelters are unpublished addresses, and they will go through a process where it might be a Soup Sisters volunteer that delivers the soup to them, and we know the shelter, we know which door, and sometimes uh, it's very dependent on the city, but be their people who pick up the soup. Now, I know this is a question that's probably impossible to answer because I'm sure you won't be able to come up with just one example. But I'm going to ask anyway. Now, you're doing this amazing thing. And sometimes work gets crazy and it's so much to do. And then something happens. There's one person you meet. There's a kid you meet. There's a store you hear. There's a mom that you've met that just will keep you going for the next 30 years. And I know there are many of those. But can you maybe share with us one or two of those stories? Um, or, or just something about this, an experience that you had where you're like, you know what, this is why I'm doing it, and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we support uh, youth in crisis as well. So we support, um, you know, kids who are in programs to transition from street culture into mainstream society. And they're they're the great talkers. Like, we really get the great notes. I think what, what I realize, you know, we get notes from them. They say, you know, the soup, I had a cold. It reminded me of Grandma's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I think it brings us all to the realization that none of us is exempt from anything. Um, you know, that could be your kid, your mother. And I think that that kind of an awareness um, – makes us realize that sometimes the simplest gestures, which is what this is, uh, are the most important. Does that, yeah. does that No, I think it absolutely does. Because like we said earlier, it's just so symbolic. Like a bowl of soup is symbolic. Oh and the smell and the texture and the anything that's in it, it's, I mean, for years, every soup commercial has you crying at the end of it when you yeah. see like what it's done. Because it really strikes a chord. So clearly... Like we said, this is so much larger than just a bowl of soup. Oh, yeah. It's oh, so much more. It's so much more. I, honestly, the message that these women receive is huge. It's the message. I mean, the soup obviously is delicious, and it's made with, you know, main ingredient is love. I always say it, and it truly is. Uh, but when they know that complete strangers came together to do this for them, it's monumental. It's a win-win for everyone. Truly, I I say that all the time, Uh, win-win-win. It's a triple. I don't remember what all three (laughs) things are right now, but (laughs) it's a triple-win proposition, but don't ask me what that is. But it is is, fascinating that you were able to capture that. And like we said, it's a bowl of soup, but what does and how many days this probably carries them through and on the worst day thing you want is a warm bowl of soup and you're giving that to them and probably one of their worst days many days are probably some of their worst days and you're making it better absolutely and it's so cathartic for the soup maker Mm -hmm. what what you'll see tonight what you'll really witness tonight is 
Uh, when it comes to ladling time, it's so interesting because people had such a great time chopping a couple onions here. They have no idea what they've created cumul- as a group. Yeah, I'm trying to can't say cumulatively <laughs> right now. Uh, but, you know, there will be 200 servings of soup tonight that go to uh, JBWS delivered fresh tomorrow morning. And as you heard her say, uh, Diana, in her speech earlier on, like, they are so excited when that soup comes. Um, is the message. You know, I always feel, too, like, you know, when women flee their homes, you know, the, that opportunity to provide that way to their family all of a sudden becomes unavailable to them. And that was a big factor to me. I thought it shouldn't be different. They should still have all that healthy nutrition, that loving way of feeding their families. And that's what we're giving them. And I'm sure it lifts a bit of, I mean, the guilt surrounding and the desperation for what they've gone through and what they have to do to get their family out of it. But at the same time, the guilt that must come because they, they're not living the correct life get them out of that is the best thing, but then the guilt that must accompany that. So you're sort of replenishing that as best you can. And I'm sure it's, it means so much, not just to the women, but the kids getting that and feeling like, wow, all right, this is, you know, this is familiar. Everything is not so turned up in my world right yeah. now. No, 100%. Yeah. It, it's, it's all, um, it's just the, you know, the one thing that leads to the next and, and to the next. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I'm kind of like, you know, you know, people say to me, oh, you must be so proud of yourself. And I think oh, I leave that to my mom. Yeah. Like, I, it's not even an awareness that I have yeah. necessarily. It's an out of body. It's beautiful. So for those of you joining us tonight, we are sitting here at a Soup Sisters event in Madison, New Jersey. This is unbelievable. Seema McGrath, my co-host, and I are just overwhelmed by what's happening. It's it's really something that you all should become a part of. And I promised Sharon I'd only keep her for 20 minutes because she has to go back and, and uh, <laughs> she's got to go back and cook and make, make the soup. But I just wanted, before you go, and soon we're going to speak with Christina Bassini, who's actually providing the space tonight, which is just as amazing and exciting. But Sharon, before you go, any plans for the future and where you'd like this to go or what you see happening? You know, for me, uh, because really, honestly, there is two and a half of us running the, the country, Canada, anyway. Um, ultimately, I do want to uh, find somebody that I know has sort of the same intention um, and, and, and license it in the U.S. to somebody who has the capacity to grow it here. I, I truly don't. I mean, the U.S. is 10 times the size of Canada. You know, we're so vast. We're spread out, but lots of cows in between. You know what I mean? <laughs> we don't have, I mean, the population that you guys have, honestly, um, you know, I couldn't do it. I just, <laughs> as much as uh, I think it's easy, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot involved. So um, ultimately, you know, I'm going to license it to somebody in the U.S. who's got sort of that background to take it and move it right across the country. Absolutely. And, you know, us Canadians, we're going to bring our warmth over the border into America. <laughs> you have. You're in New Jersey tonight. You're I know. I'm so excited. That's right. I know. <laughs> Sisters, what's their best way to continue this? 
Uh, well, the best way um, to, to do an event yes. in New Jersey even is to go to our website, soupsisters.org, and, and just follow all the cues there. And there's a booking button. You know, you can read about New Jersey, how it started and where the soup's going and all of that. And and I and if you want to start your own Soup Sisters in your own city, and by now you probably do, uh, <laughs> well, contact us at info at soupsisters.org. And... Um, it's easy to do, and it's probably the most beautiful, heartwarming, rewarding. It's just beautiful. I would think New York City would be huge on yeah, this. Yeah, it would. Yeah, there's really. there's no question. And like I say, people come to me. That's all. That's yeah. how I've done it. I have out anywhere and said, do this. You should do this. So uh, these are the kind of things, like right now, I don't know how many people we're talking to, but these are the kinds of ways in which, you know, this resonates with people. Either they love to cook, they've yeah. been in a situation themselves, they love soup. There's any number of reasons yeah. that somebody would love to do this. And again, Sharon, I don't want to let you go, but I promised I would. And I just, again, we have to leave you with, with the, the motto of Soup Sisters, warming hearts one bowl at a time. I mean, I think I get chills when I just said that. Because it's, I mean, one bowl at a time, you've changed over 2 million lives. At this point, I think you said up to date, 2 million bowls have been served. So over 2 million hearts have been warmed by Sharon and by Soup Sisters, and the movement continues. And I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. I can't thank you enough for sticking with that dream on your birthday when you thought of this idea and following through and keeping it simple and making it simple so that everyone can become a part of this and help to warm some hearts, hopefully. And it's just been a privilege to have you on tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Lovely meeting you. Thank you both. I'm honored, truly. Oh, Thank you so much. We are honored, and now, and duly honored, as we're sitting here. Don't go yet. We got more on the show tonight. Christina Bassini, who's the owner of the uh, co-owner of the Healthy Italia, the it's a marketplace and cooking school here in Madison, New Jersey. And as Sharon just said, we're doing the um, the events happen at a cooking school or at a marketplace, and sometimes at a restaurant in a smaller location. But what she said, too, was that you become involved and you sort of donate to the place and what everything is going on here. And you, too, are warming hearts one bowl at a time. So tell us about this, how you got involved, and just where this goes next. Okay. Um, I'm honored to be here, and thank you so much for having me tonight. Um, I think that things happen in your life in the moment that it's right for you. Uh, we had one of the New Jersey Soup Sisters here for a private event uh, last year, and uh, her name is Tina Conti, and she was here for, um, for his uh, husband's company private event. And um, she said, this might, might be beautiful location for uh, one of the programs I follow, and I'm part of it. And she said, can I come to talk to you about what we do, what we would like to do? And I said, I'm more than welcome to do that. So she came with the other soup sister from New Jersey, and they said, we have another location, but are trying to expand because we didn't have that much like time to dedicate to us, and we will have more events because people are start asking to do even private events. And I said, more than welcome to do any time you like. And uh, this is our first time, so I was so nervous during this week because we are used to do private events. So for us, it's completely fine, no worries at all. But this has, like, its own rules, and the mission behind it is so beautiful that you don't want to ruin it and you want to do the best. So we worked hard to make, make sure that everything was good, was perfect, and I hope it's going to work out, like, in a really good way. 
And I'm so happy to have you here and I hope to keep going. So I wish I could have much more events in a month. So for me, it would be like amazing. And in November, we're going to have the first event. So basically, there is a lady who, who booked the place to do, I don't know if it's a birthday party or like whatever. She invited friends to come over to, to make soups for one of like uh, the organization that she wants to have. So people are start booking the place to do their own like giving. So they find a place and it helps with warm heart and they come here to do it. And I'm more than happy to have them. Now, when did you, oh, when did the restaurant, oh, not restaurant, sorry, this is a cooking school marketplace. When did this open and was this, oh, you're so young, was this, <laughs> you're jealous, was this always like a dream of yours and how did you get this up and going at this young age of yours? Because at my age, I can't get anything done. How did you do this? <laughs> I'm not that young, first of all, I wish I would, but uh, the, the, the story is really long. I try to make it very short for you. But basically, I moved here from Italy four years and a half ago because I wanted to improve my English. And I'm a citizen in Italy. And I came here for six months to an internship just to improve my English. And then I was here by myself. And I, I met a, 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 an old man for a happy hour. And he was like, what is, why are you here? What do you want to do? I say, I don't know. I'm just doing an internship. And then I'll see. And he goes, uh, baby, I can't send, me, send me your resume. And maybe I can find you a job. And I wasn't looking for it at all. <laughs> He sent me my resume to see a CPA firm in the city, and they hired me. They made me a visa, and I work in visa. I have to move here, and actually, I cried all day because oh, I want to go back home. I wasn't looking for a job. Then my father, who is an entrepreneur since he was born, he said, uh, "You are in the biggest market in the world. You cannot just have a job there. You just you have to find another opportunity." And he has he has he said, "Come up with an idea." So I started thinking about what I can bring from Italy here, what I could do about Italy here because this is what I have and I said it, it has to be food but I live in New York City and there's food there that's really good and I said I have to do something better than what is there so I met my other partner business partner and we are from the same hometown I said listen do you want to do something together with me and he goes yes go go let's start let's get it started and Laura is actually his wife, and she was doing, like, kind of teaching um, Italian recipes at the restaurant. And we goes like, why don't we import food from Italy, and then we teach people how to make real food that we are used to produce. Mm-hmm. So three years and a half ago, we opened, three, three years ago, we opened this place in March 2016. And uh, it's doing really good. It takes a very huge effort. And uh, but when you are passionate about something, you are not working. So this is our passion, and we are happy to share with everybody. And why did you pick Madison, New Jersey? My my partner lives in Morristown, and he he oh. knew the area very well. But we were like looking for some other cities around, and this space came available. We fell in love with the town because it reminds us of Wonderful. Italy, and mm-hmm. it's like That's small. Nice. Our hometown is kind of this size, uh, and we fell in love with Madison. So once we saw the places, that it is gonna be it. That's beautiful. Now, when you started this, did you ever see yourself? Like, did you ever even envision that you could be involved with Soup Sisters and doing something? And what you're doing is amazing to begin with. But now you've just opened up a whole new world with helping all these women and these children. Is this something you ever could have envisioned this turning into? First of all, our vision at the beginning was completely different. We didn't even think about doing private events. And after two days, we were open. They started asking for private events. So we said, mm, we should think about it. <laughs> so we changed the vision. 
But what I learned since I moved here and I've been reading and listening to videos and everything is like what in American is really working is that you, you get what you give. So the principle is if you want to have, you have to give. And I, I'm a giver. I never, I don't like receiving. I just want to give because this is what makes me happy. So I was looking for opportunities to give. We received tons of donation requests every single day and we're happy to donate baskets, to donate like gift cards, to donate everything. But this is another story. It's a complete <laughs> other story. And it makes me, when you said that the first ingredient that you put in your soup is love, if you see in our store, we prepare uh, prepare meals to go in our kitchen and we sell in the marketplace, the first ingredient on our label is Italian love. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it made, it made my day. It's like... <laughs> You can only see the love in this room right now, everyone out there. <laughs> but honestly, don't you think there's a little bit of something was meant to happen here? We're saying you were looking for something like this. It sort of fell in your lap. And we're going to hear from Gina and Lisa, who brought this all together tonight. I think that what's meant to be, it's going to be. So, like, uh, so. you don't even have to look for it. It's going to come. You have to be ready, always ready, open, open, open mind and open heart. So this is going to make it work every single time. Now, let me ask you um, your advice to those. Now, people have now heard from Sharon, and they can't wait to get this going, and they've heard from you. What is your best advice to those out there looking to do something like this? Um, do you mean uh, as far as uh, people that want to come to Soup Sister or other cooking that they want to do? I, I would say, well, for Soup Sisters or just in general, like, what would your advice be to those out there looking to bring, like you were saying you want to do something with meaning and to give. Like, how would you advise others out there in a similar situation as you start trying to get started with this? Just try. Just go. Don't be scared because when you're giving and if the mission is like helping people out, even if your health is not going to be perfect, it's fine. You're doing something good for others and you're going to help somebody. You're going to change somebody else's life. You never know. Even a word sometimes can change your life. Set in the right moment. So, And kindness. Mm -hmm. Kindness is what driven your life uh, and it doesn't cost anything uh, and uh, this is what I try to do every single day is like mm -hmm. and it doesn't it really doesn't cost anything and you don't know the result on other people because maybe it's going to be a bad day and just with a smile uh, or a kind word you want the heart uh, and everything is going to look much better okay everybody <laughs> try your eyes <laughs> we got to get this going right now because once again warming hearts one bowl at a time you're both doing that just with your gestures and your kindness and your thoughtfulness and, again, the nostalgia. And I just I, I can't even think of something that's more powerful. And you would think, you know, you're saying it's simple ingredient, not really simple. There's so much more to this, I think, when you really think about it. And you, you can't help but feel how powerful this is, well beyond the simplicity of the ingredients or what it is. And, again, I can't thank both of you for doing this tonight. It's just an unbelievable combination of kindness and generosity. It's so serendipitous. It is. It really is. And, and this, it, what's really exciting now, and our room is getting bigger. You should all be here in the room tonight. This is the room where it happens. Um, very excited that we have women coming in now. Uh, Lisa Berkeley and Gina Conti are the two women who actually brought Soup Sisters to Madison to here tonight to New Jersey. And we're going to hear from Susie McGuire in a minute, who's, who's actually just experienced what it's like to make the soup. Um, now, many of you know Lisa Berkeley because she's also a Morph Mom co-host all the time. And, and right there with me with Morph Mom. So Lisa can't help but help people at all times with everything that she does. 
course she's involved with Soup Sisters and Gina as well. And we want to ask you, like, tell us a little bit how this came to be, how you got involved with Sharon and Soup Sisters and how you found Christina and how this all happened. How did you make the magic work? We'll start with you, Gina. Okay, well, maybe we should start with Lisa because she's... Okay, we'll start with you, Lisa. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I have a lead-in for Gina. Okay. So, okay, <laughs> so she really got healthy Italia, our connection here, which is... And also Spectrum 360, so she's a great source. Um, but basically, I was on an all-girls trip in Mexico, hiking. Every morning, we had to get up at 5.30 in the morning, and I thought my friends were crazy that they brought me on this trip, and in the dark, we were going up the mountain because the sun gets so hot there that you had to start early. So I'm walking with my friend when all of a sudden the sun rises and it's just breathtaking. And I turned to this woman behind me and I said, oh, my gosh, can you take a picture of me, my friend and I? And it happened to be Sharon Hapton. And I was like, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then we walked down the mountain together and we got talking and she told me how I said, what do you do? And I think you said you were a future photographer and or a, a past photographer, I should say, for <laughs> future. future. Yeah. And um. And she told me how she started this nonprofit, and she said, and I was turning 50 at the time, and I had this milestone, and I'm like, we were only saying her age ended with a zero. We were going with 30. You were going to turn 50 in 20 years. But it was like, I was searching for something. I really was. I was like, I, my kids were grown. They're out of the house. And I was like, now I have time to dedicate to something more meaningful. And I just really had this strong urge to do something like this. So when we started talking and she told me how it's just taking off like crazy and, and it's just been so rewarding. And I was like, well, what about the United States? Do you think you want to come to the United States? And, and she's like, oh, I'd love to do that. And I said, well, we exchanged numbers. I said, I'm your girl. Let's let's do it. So that's how it all started. And and then it took a while to find a partner. Um, Carolyn Huff and I, we looked for like a year. And a lot of people said, no, no, no. Um, so we're so happy. Um, and then I brought um, Gina Conti on board and Lisa Gardner. And Gina thinks outside of the box all the time of where <laughs> we can go. And so she was able to connect us to Healthy Italia. Yeah, um, Lisa called me up one day and said, do you want to get involved in this soup business? And I said, <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so met in Summit, and um, I, my background is nutrition, and I love to cook, and I love to make soup. So she came with her Soup Sister notebook, and we met with uh, Carolyn Huff, who's our chef in our group, and they told me the whole story about the, the business and I said it sounds it sounds sounds fantastic it's a no-brainer I mean this is this is great you're going to make soup it's going to be camaraderie with women and or or men or you know other groups and then give it to them they they were struggling to find a place so um I have an autistic nephew and I had just gone to his school and witnessed a class with Bobby Flay he came and he taught the children how to cook and they have a commercial kitchen there so I was like wait a second you know what about Spectrum 360 did we think about trying a school because we were beating our you know our, our heads around and we, we couldn't get a lot of cooking schools a lot of restaurants were saying no um, we almost had a few places but they just you know they were too new or they didn't want to commit yet 
so we we went to Spectrum 360 and we got it started there. And it was, you know, it's been great. And then, you know, we were saying, well, maybe we need another place. Or I, oh, oh, I know. I, I came to Italian for a cooking class with um, some of my husband's colleagues. And I was like, this place is great. <laughs> you know, we, we, we should really try a second location and see if we can do it. And here we are tonight. Everyone really receptive. Very receptive. Very we were receptive. just like, we came to Healthy Italian, and they're like, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're like, wow. And Lisa oh, kept yeah. saying, are you sure it's going to be okay? Sure. I'm like, they know what they're doing. You know, it's going to be a little different than Spectrum because that's, you know, they have their way, and that's their, you know, they're a nonprofit school, and things are done a little differently there, but it's wonderful. And then this will be a little bit of a spin so that people can have a repeat experience. You know, they can go to Spectrum, they can I'm here. So it's been wonderful and uh, really, really thankful you asked me to get involved. And I asked Sharon about this, like a moment in time. And again, I was saying every moment of this is exciting and and momentous and inspirational. But in your involvement in this, is there something, maybe just one little memory or or something that makes you know you never want to stop, you want to keep going with this and how much it means to you? Well, I just think the fact that there's so many people out there that do not get healthy meals and you know in these situations just that that driving that drives me just to know that people are going to get a nourishing bowl of soup i mean like i said i think it's you know i'm into nutrition and i think it's very healthy and and they were being served crackers you know like you know uh, everything processed or these little kids and now that we're expanding to youth i think it's even better so and lisa how about you something similar um i have probably two things um I see by the end of the night, like, especially when people don't know each other, you see by the end of the night how proud they are of all this soup lined up. Yeah. Like, they get teary-eyed about it, and they, they feel like, gosh, I really did something really meaningful tonight. I had fun, and and I see the connection, and it's pretty awesome. Like, I go home, I'm, like, pretty pumped. Yeah. And then I get emails now after the class from participants saying what a wonderful night and just, you know, just in awe of what they did and how thankful they were to come. Now, this is a perfect segue to Susie McGuire, who's joining us tonight, who is a participant. Wait, did I say that wrong? Participant. Oh, my gosh. Let me try again. She's making soup. Let me go with it. She's making soup. <laughs> um, Susie, tell us about your experience of what you knew coming into it, what's just happened, and sort of how you're feeling right now. Well, uh, when I was invited to this event, I read about Soup Sisters on the website and all the work that they've done throughout Canada and how they were coming to the U.S. and trying to expand. So I was excited about it. And um, I'm familiar with JBWS through some other volunteer organizations that I've been involved with. So um, I felt like it was just a great melding of this organization with um, JBWS. And I was really excited to come and see a lot of the people I know from my community and work with them. And what's it like out there? We're inside. So Seema McGrath and I inside with Sharon and Christina, and we haven't really been able to be a part of it. So describe it to us what it looks like and everyone out there listening. What's it like out there? Well, it's a lot of fun so far. So we're just into it. We're just just sauteing everything right now. But we chopped and we received um, specific instructions for our three different stations. And the woman who the woman who's running it is lovely, and she's so cute with a great accent. <laughs> she's uh, walking us through it through chopping and then sautéing to make the base of the soup. And then um, 
then we're going to add the the protein into it and then let it uh i guess simmer for a while and shred it and then i really am so excited to see the outcome but in the meantime getting to um know some people i didn't know before and reconnect with a lot of women i knew from various things i've been involved throughout the last few decades really and uh catch up so it's really it's so fun to be here so it's a great night out to have a good time and to also serve the community and especially the at-risk population of these women children and and families and and Sharon what's a good or what is the is there an average number of people that come or is there a number you strive for it's really um, a bit dependent on the size of the culinary partner where the venue where we're at Usually a Soup Sisters event is 20 to 30 women, which means four to six 15-liter soups. So each 15-liter soup will yield about 21-liter containers. So, um, you know, what we want is just the right amount of manpower for the right amount of soup to simmer, and that usually is, is how it works. So tonight, I think there's about 20, but I think that they could go a little higher. Uh, it, their capacity could be a little bit more. It really depends. I I can't believe our time is almost up right now. I could keep going on forever about this. And I, I feel bad because I've kept everybody in here talking to me and not out there making the soup. <laughs> but I think it was so important to get this message out tonight. But I think beyond that was fascinating how all these worlds collided and they were supposed to collide. There's some karma. There's something behind all of this where when you're doing the right thing, things happen, and you were supposed to meet all the people you've met along the way. You were supposed to take that walk that day, and you were supposed to come up with that idea and keep it simple and meet Lisa at the sunrise, and Gina was supposed to meet Christina, and I, I don't know. Something happens when it's supposed to happen, and, and they did. And, and Seema, wait, you wanted to so, – it's all good. It's a win-win-win for everyone. But just how is it financed? How exactly do you get the venue? Do you get the participants, Thank the you ingredients? Us. Thank you for asking because it's really, really important because it's really a part of, you know, even as a charity, you have to have a business model. And my husband came up with this. I really like the name of it. Miso. Money in, soup out. Okay? <laughs> and I thought, oh, you're so smart. He is. But anyway, um, we charge a participation fee for people to come to these events. What that participant fee of $65 does is it provides all of the ingredients, appetizers, a couple of glasses of wine, a massive amount of soup that gets delivered to the shelter, and also, you know, a light meal community table at the very end. But the most important part of it is is that we're not asking our culinary partners to donate ingredients to us every single month because it's going to start to look that way. So in essence, Soup Sisters is the customer of the culinary partner. And that's why we get to say and maintain that simple value that only the finest ingredients go into our soups because truly that's the relationship that we built with the culinary partner. We want them to have that ongoing value as well. And then, of course, the bonuses, they become very involved. And how can you not? I think there's no way. Well, I, I can't thank everybody enough for my co-hosts, for Sharon, for Christina, for Susie, for Lisa and Gina bringing this to us in New Jersey. Um, 
it's like I said before, really is it's an honor, it's a privilege to even be witness to what's about to happen and to have one teeny tiny minuscule part in something that just is going to take over the world. And all because of a simple step, a simple thought, a simple ingredient. Once again, just warming hearts, one bowl at a time. So if you need to get in touch with it, um, reach out to Sharon at SoupSisters.org. Info, info at SoupSisters.org. If you can find out more about it at SoupSisters.org. Um, thank you all for listening tonight. Um, again, I'm sure you're all jumping off the phone right now to get on the Internet and go sign up for Soup Sisters. But uh, once again, thank you. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Good night, everyone. Hi, I'm Danny Ilo. You may know me as an actor, but one of the things that I'm most proud of is my service to this country. In the Army, I saw firsthand how training and discipline instill a value that create great leadership abilities and a can-do spirit. Those same strong values stay with service members when they return to civilian life and enter the workplace. So remember the highest smart and bet on a vet. To learn more, call 888-44-SALUTE or 